and welcome to the first episode of Keep Blaming the Millennials with your host, Chris, Frankosaurus Fresh, and Melanie, aka, you don't really have a nickname, do you, Melanie? I mean, I do, but I'm not going to go by it anymore. <laughs> Which one was whoa, that? Whoa, whoa, I want to hear you can, it now. You can call me uh, Felony Melanie. <laughs> oh, oh damn. God damn. <laughs> crime night, crime night. Let's do this. All right, so the show keep blaming millennials we are pretty much the perspective of what's going on in the world right now we're going through the obvious coronavirus and coronavirus coronavirus is our the millennials second economic uh shutdown since what 2008 was the first one and now we get another one so it was our second one winning yeah we are winning so frank you are involved in what industry and tell us what's going on in your life Well, I'm involved in the music industry or the live events industry, if you will. And uh, yeah, we have been completely shut down by the coronavirus. Coronavirus. Um, It's been quite awful. As you may know, there's been zero festivals this year, no major concerts. Um, Some people took a stab at doing small events and that hasn't gone well. I don't know if you guys saw the whole thing with the Chainsmokers and the Hamptons. Did you guys hear about that? I did hear about that. Is that where there was no social distancing at all? Yeah, there none. And they charge like an obscene amount of money to get in because it's the Hamptons, you know. And I mean, it was like $2,000 to get in. The CEO of Goldman Sachs did a DJ set at the event. And uh, that doesn't define America right there, bro. Jesus. Yeah. And then, of course, like these people, you know, they're, oh, I paid this much to get in. I'm important. They're supposed to be social distancing. But as soon as chain smokers came on, it was over. Everybody rushed the stage and it was jam packed. And then, of course, one of the guys thought it'd be a good idea. I'm going to put this on Instagram. And then, boom, it was everywhere. Everyone knew. And it was just bad. Yeah. It set our industry back. Was it only the chain smokers? Oh no, the opening set was the gold, the CEO of Goldman Sachs. Okay, but just them and people literally paid $2,000 to see I, I'm pretty the sure it was the smokers. opening price. Like that was the low end, I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that, but yeah, that's the number that I heard. So you were ready to move out to Denver, right? And what, what was the timeline of your moving out to Denver coronavirus um, uh, new about- plans? Uh, the week before the lockdown, <laughs> I had signed my lease two weeks before the lockdown. Um, I was supposed to be working ultra music festival in Miami and I got the call. Like I, there were, you know, I'd heard about the coronavirus and everything. And I thought, Oh, you know, that's not a big deal. It's in China. I don't have to be concerned about that. And then I actually got to work the only music festival that happened this year at Okeechobee music festival, the only music festival that happened. And after that, I was in Vegas, and that's when things started getting hairy. I was, I flew on, I think, like, March 15th. So imagine that. That was, like, the day after the NBA had shut down. No, that was the day of, wasn't it? It was the day after. So it might have been March 16th that I flew. So I had to make an executive decision to cancel my lease. That cost me some money. Um, It was, yeah, it was a disaster. So That was a lovely timeline, wasn't it? It was all of a sudden halftime of the heat game we were at a friend's birthday party so it was halftime of the heat game they canceled the nba season then twitter said tom hanks has coronavirus then donald trump shut down all flights from china and europe I think. yeah 
that was all in like one afternoon it was like every five minutes something crazy happened that one evening yeah i was like it this was, is it huh yeah <laughs> it really <laughs> did feel like the end of the world i mean it was scary but it happened quick yeah that was uh so now we're what month are we on now guys five six of this I think it's month five. We're going, I think we're gonna, we're about to be on month six. Oh my God. Feels like six years. I know. I know. So Melanie, you are a teacher and you have started with working with the kids this week. How is your COVID teaching experience been? Describe it to everybody. Um, well, it's definitely weird. Um, Obviously, we're not in the, you know, the traditional setting, so we are doing a hybrid model, so the kids only come um, a few times a week. We've cut the classes in half, things like that. You have to wear a mask. You have to social distance. Um, you, the hallways, you can only go like a certain way and things like that. I mean, it's weird. I just, I don't really know how to feel about it. I can say personally that I feel like my school district is making an attempt to make us safe and have protocols. You know, I know there's lots of school districts across the United States that, you know, there's no PPE being supplied. There's no cleaning supplies. It's just a hot mess. Um, it's definitely not perfect with my school district. I mean, we still don't have any guidance on what happens if, a kid tests positive or if a teacher or multiple kids, it is what it is. It's definitely <laughs> weird. Oh, choice to, words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's weird to be sitting in a classroom and everyone's wearing a mask and it's weird to be teaching to a class full of, you know, anywhere between five to 15 kids. So we'll just see how the, how the year pans out. So you said masks are required for students? Yes, they are required. Um, obviously, this you know that mandate's going to vary from school district to school district, state to state. Um, I am happy that our school district is mandating masks. This so far, the kids seem to be following it. I haven't had an issue, but it's literally the first week of school. Everyone's on their best behavior, so we'll see how the next. Uh, Next few weeks goes, our school district does have a plan in place that if a kid is not abiding by the mask mandate, then they'll be, they'll get so many warnings and then eventually have to do online school. Um, so same thing. We'll see if that they actually follow through with the, the consequences. And like you said, like this is first week of school. Everyone's on their best behavior, but have you had any pushback so far? Any students that are being rebellious? Um, I, I know of one personally. I don't obviously know the entire story. I just saw the student be reprimanded. I guess the student wasn't wearing a mask in his previous classes. And then the teacher wrote the student up and then the student was written up for it and was warned if he continues is going to have to go online to elevation. Um, to me, the student just seems like that type of student that wants to see how far he can go. You know, like you have those teachers, I mean, you have those students and he definitely seems like that student that wants to try the teacher like, you know, and I think he also wants to try the system. 
He's supposed to be a bright kid. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. That's the only incident that I've encountered. Um, I haven't heard of anything else. Um, admin obviously hasn't given us an update or anything like that. So we'll just, we'll just see how the next few weeks goes. Do you think it's all wishful thinking right now? Like we're just, we're just trying, just trying to please the taxpayers and everybody like, Hey, this, we're going to give this a legit shot, but it, just one person gets it. It's dominoes. Is that just, I mean, I don't know. It's, I just, I feel like it's such a, it's just a hot mess. I don't, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. You know, you see, and just, you know, not even where we live. I just think across the United States, I just, I don't think there's a clear definitive answer of what people want. You know, some parents are irate and they don't want their kids stepping back or stepping back into the school. Other parents don't care. I mean, we all saw that high school in Georgia. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, like literally it looked like the entire student body was there. So they did not reduce the class sizes. No one was wearing a mask. That was ugly. I, yeah. And I, I think also, um, I think it's just dependent on where you live. Are you living in a liberal area? I feel like the liberal areas tend to be a lot more strict. You know, South Florida, obviously, they're not in school. I see that New York City and New York City right now, they hardly have any cases. It looks like the teachers are about to go on strike because I don't think they want to be back in person. Or I think maybe the issue might be more that New York public schools isn't providing any information or a plan on what to do. It almost seems like these school districts were hoping Corona would go away in the summer and then it didn't go away. And they're like, oh, crap, we have two weeks to plan what we're going to do. And they just kind of put a blindfold on. And I mean, you see every single school district literally has their own um, own plan. So it sounds like there's no national guidance to kind of <laughs> lead the effort against this. No, why would the United States have national guidance? We're one of the only countries that's just like, oh, do whatever you want. Well, that kind of brings me to uh, this USA Today article, um, basically, where they were rating countries on their coronavirus response. And out of the 36 countries that they uh, did research on, we ranked 31st. Um, And one of the main things that they said the United States has done wrong was that there is no national guidance. They use a few countries that have done it right, one of them being New Zealand. Denmark, uh, Senegal, uh, they basically, the main thing that they did was they had a national plan and everyone stuck to it. And basically what you're living is the opposite of that. And they use the United States as an example of we did basically everything wrong. And that was the main thing that there was no national guidance that's left for every state, even city, municipality, whatever. They're, They're all on their own and they have to decide what they're going to do when you have something like that it you just see hot spots and just tends to be more conservative areas that are suddenly now having these outbreaks why why do you guys think that just american individualism is just at peak with just you know the discussion about mass like why can't everybody get on the same page are you just going to blame it on the president or is just, this is our culture in general. Just, this is a me. I don't care about anyone else. Get mine. I'm going to live how I want to live. 
I mean, I definitely think some of it has to do with our, our values. And we were definitely an individualistic society. Um, we lack community spirit. I mean, you, I feel like it's probably one of the problems with the United States is a lot of our issues could be solved if we had better community. Um, but we just, we value the individual. I mean, I know that article also mentioned that in a lot of Asian countries, and it's, I mean, it's ingrained in Asian culture is like you, it's, it's the group, you keep the community safe. So I think part of the problem definitely is our values. And I also know the president just does not make it any better. He's just like, just is adding to the problem. I mean, yeah, felony Melanie really nailed it on the head there. Um, and I think a lot of that goes back to just the cold war in general. Um, capitalism versus communism you know and that sounds pretty abstract and out there but really i mean we focus so heavy on capitalism and a big part of capitalism is individualism and consumerism and you know having the right to choose that what i want to buy and and you know it, it really has deteriorated the sense of community um in that article that we mentioned the usa today article that, that was a big point they brought up that places that are more community driven, people were more likely to obey the guidance of the government. And that also goes to people's mistrust of the government as well. And I think you can blame the president for that. You can blame the president for politicizing masks in the first place. I mean, the numbers, and I'm not sure how you come up with these numbers, but with that said, they said that something like 99% of COVID deaths in the United States could have been avoided, that our death toll should have been more like 2,000, and now we're over 170,000. And, and, and I think we've all become so desensitized to these numbers. But if you think back to March, I mean, it started off with President Trump saying that this will be over in a month, like, you it's know, no one's going to die. It's a hoax. And then, you know, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, um, maybe 20,000 will die, maybe 50,000 will die. Worst case scenario, 100 to 200,000 people have died. And here we are, 170,000 people have died. And I think that people have COVID fatigue. Like, people are over it. At this point, they're like, I'm just going to take my chances. And it's deteriorated to that point where we don't even care anymore. And I'm not just saying like we, I mean, just I feel it, especially here in Florida, people are just going on with their lives. They just would rather take their chances. They don't care if, you know, the elderly are going to die. And, and maybe they do, like deep down, but they just have been blasted with it on the news and all this stuff to the point that they're just like, all right, I'm going to do me. I'm going to take care of myself. I'll probably be okay because I'm young or I don't have the compromised immune system and I'm just going to go on with my life. I mean, I definitely agree. I think we all have fatigue. I mean, back in March, you know, we quarantined and, you know, we started wearing the mask. I, I know we were making like makeshift masks before it was like a mandate because just we didn't know, you know, I mean, Chris and I followed everything we were supposed to do. I, I thought we did all the right things. And then, and then you see there's these selfish people going out, they're partying and for what? Like, why did we, you know, it's almost like, why did we do what we did? It didn't work. Yep. And yep. here we are five months later, the cases have increased. People still don't care. And I mean, people want to live their life. I would love to live my life. I just, I want to just be able to do the simple things. It's so sad. I was asking, um, 
my high school kids and I, and I can't imagine, I just, I can't imagine the, the impact it's going to have on their, their mental health. And I think it's already like a crisis, but a lot of the kids I go, I ask them, I go, what is the one thing you're looking like forward to the most once this is all over? And they just want to stop wearing the mask. Like they're not even thinking about anything else. Like I thought they would be saying, you know, concerts, sports, this, a few of them said they're friends. I just, I don't know why, you know, we did all this and what is the result of it? Did these protests make it worse? Do you guys think? I mean, you well, get, you hear the news of like, I mean, I know people want to go out with people are angry. People are mad. I feel like it was, I don't even think the protests were strictly just like for George Floyd and black lives matter. I think people were just frustrated with the government. I think people are frustrated, frustrated economically and people just said, "Screw it." Should have people been about? Should have people been out there all together? Probably not. It probably did make it worse. When I don't I know. first saw the protest, I was deeply concerned that it was going to cause a crazy second wave. But when you look at the numbers, the places that had the really bad COVID outbreaks, for instance, like Florida, Texas, California. California is a bit of an outlier in this one because they did have pretty serious protests. But look at Florida. Florida, there wasn't that crazy of protests. I mean, following that logic, Portland, Seattle, Chicago should have had horrendous outbreaks. Washington, D.C., but they didn't. The places that had the crazy outbreaks, Florida, Texas, Georgia, most of the southern conservative states, the reason they had their outbreaks was because they opened too early. Arizona, another one. There weren't, these weren't the states that had these insane protests. These were the states that opened too early. And I think that that is more telling. So I know people are like, oh, it's okay to go out as long as you're protesting. Like, yeah, that's an easy argument to make. But when you look at the numbers, it doesn't really back it up. It's still hypocritical, though. It's, you got to sure. admit that's hypocritical. But, but if you look at the people that were protesting, a lot of them, I'd say a vast majority of them were wearing masks. And I know that, I mean, it just shows that it, it, it does have efficacy because the numbers didn't go crazy in the places at the protests and they were being somewhat responsible by wearing the mask. So. so when it comes to, did you guys check out that article about the, the Wuhan pool party? Anyone's oh, I did see that. Yeah, oh my I, god, I, I, I glanced at it. <laughs> my brain can't even comprehend that. When I saw that, it just like shut down. That went, uh, I know that lit up like wildfire on conservative news. Oh, it's a hoax, it's BS. Look at them. I don't know if it's, I don't even know how to like digest it. You're like, because I'm over it too. I'm so over the mask, I'm so over the social distancing. I wish I could just go back. To, you know, to live normally, go to a restaurant, go to a ball game. And then you see where the virus originated. And these people are in like having just like the time of their lives, pool party, <laughs> running shampoo, uh, flo uh, what's it called? <laughs> Little what? dolls and everything. You're just like, damn, like is China just, is this like Chinese propaganda or are they just, are they like the, us too? People like the Karens here just fed up and they were just like, fuck it. Like we're going out. We don't care anymore. I'm going to live my life. I mean, I, mean, I feel that FOMO even here in this country. I see my friends posting them going on trips, going out, going to dinner, They're living normal lives and partying and all this. And they, none of them got COVID. I mean, no, I do know people that got COVID. Don't get me wrong. But I know some people 
that I'm like, how did you not get COVID? Like you have been going wild this entire time and you never got it. That's it blows my mind. And it, and it makes you sit there and like, man, why am I like, why is my life hell and terrible? You're partying and you're just fine. So it's weird. Man. I just, it, it definitely shakes your brain up and makes you say, make, be like, screw this. I'm going to jump on a plane and go fucking have the time of my life. But the other party that's responsible is like, no, can't do that. You know? I mean, the thing about that pool party, I mean, there's a lot of things. It, it could be Chinese propaganda. Absolutely. I mean, can we trust the Chinese? I don't think so. Um, the other thing though, is I feel like if it was really bad, in China. And we also know like they censor everything. So we don't have the whole story. I mean, look what happened with COVID. Like they weren't honest, but I think if things were really bad in China, they wouldn't even be having that party because the government, I mean, it's an authoritative government. It's not the United States government. So I'm not sure, but it definitely, I agree. It makes your head spin. Like, what do you think? Like, is it I don't know. There's just so much information out there. You see so many different articles, you know, you were angry Melanie, it, when you saw that, when I said that yeah, to you, were angry. I mean, absolutely. I was angry. Cause I'm just so over it. And I just, and I feel like now I just, I don't even know what to believe. Of course I abide by everything. I, I wear my mask, you know, I'm constantly washing my hands. I mean, I've been putting so much hand sanitizer on my hands at work that they're peeling once again. I mean, that happened to me back in March, but here it is again. Um, no, I'm like super angry. And I mean, that's the thing, like how, and I get it. Like, I mean, people are dying. I'm not downplaying any of this, but I also, I mean, I want to know the stats. Like what is, if you are a health, like, I don't know, what's, what's the death rate for a, a healthy person? I just, and how long is this going to go on for too? I mean, no one can give us an answer. Every day you hear something else. I mean, and it doesn't help that the media is like, oh, this is not going to stop until 2021, 2022. <laughs> I saw something, uh, an article the other day, and it was saying that schools will never be the same for years and school's going to be like this forever. And I, I, don't, I don't want school to be like this forever. I know students don't want school to be like this forever. So yeah, of course I'm angry. I just, I want life to go back to normal. And I just, I don't even know what to believe anymore. Yeah. The news, the news has definitely made it harder because you go on Fox news, Sean Henney's telling you, Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it's not that bad. We'll be all right. And then you turn on CNN, everybody's dying. Like, you know, who gets it? So it's like you, what medium it, it's just hard to, to digest when you're getting just so many different you know, opinions and how bad it is, this and that. Like, the way Melanie and I look at it, Frank, is just like, we respect it, period. We wear a mask, we respect it. Do I think it's dropping everybody? No. But do I think it's just something just to brush off? No, because, I mean, you've seen, we've all read the stories, you know, guys in their 30s, no pre-existing conditions, go out, get it, they die a few days later. Then we hear about, you know, some people getting it, not even affecting them. Oh, what we heard the, what was the story about a couple of months ago? This... 36 year old soldier or he was a former he was a veteran served two tours in iraq and this guy said massive fake it's all bs went out got it died on july 4th got it on july 2nd died on july 4th then you hear of like um you guys know michael yo he's a uh, a dj yeah. uh, he was on joe rogan a few months back 
uh, sober, in great shape, um, no pre-existing conditions, almost killed him. His mom got it. His mom's a singer. His mom yeah, was over was it fine. in two days. Over it in two yeah. days. So I feel like we're going to find out, we're going to find out all the details when this is over. Like who, who is, you know, is it your blood type? Is it just, yeah, I've heard that. Uh, is it your immune system just so down and then you get it and then it just, it hits you while you're down? I think that's what kind of happened to Michael Yo. I mean, he admitted to that he had this like insane, crazy travel schedule. And we all know that stress, like if you are stressed, the first thing it does is it just kills your immune system. Um, so I don't know if that was like his whole thing. I just, they don't, they don't know anything. No, we don't. I, that's They're why I say really... I just respect it. And that's it. I wear my mask and, you know, whatever, you know, it is Apparently... what it is. A blood types get it a lot worse than O blood types. And I'm going to go with that fact because I am an O blood type. So pushing that one as being factual. Um, <laughs> but actually going back to the mask thing again, um, and back to that USA Today article, because I found this fascinating. Apparently in like New Zealand and Denmark, like masks are not a thing. The countries that are doing the best with it they don't even have to deal with masks because they focused on contact, contact tracing early on and that basically eliminated community spread. And that goes back to, yes, this is Donald Trump's fault because he didn't take it seriously early on. He didn't focus on eliminating community spread when this thing could still be stopped. So at this point, the amount that is spread in the United States I don't think that we'll ever get rid of it. I think it's going to become a thing where it's going to be like influenza. It's just with us. Like you'll have your COVID shot that you get every year, similar to your flu shot. Like that's what I imagine. I do think that it will get to a point where we will have to say, okay, we're going to have to get back to normal and we're going to have to expect that we're going to have bad COVID seasons and we'll have good COVID seasons, right? Same way we do with flu seasons. Like some flu seasons, 40,000 people die. Really bad one, 80,000 people die. And I don't think, and that's why everyone's like, oh, it's not as bad as the flu, do to do. But no one really knew about that before. So now it's going to become a thing like, oh man, that was a really bad COVID se season. 200,000 people died. Be like, oh man, this COVID season hasn't been that bad. Only 50,000 people died. Like, I think that's where it's going to head. Um, and going back to what Melanie was talking about for my industry in the concert industry, it was the same thing. Okay. Well, we're not going to have music festivals this year, but everything is getting postponed to September. And here we are in August. Now everything got pushed kept pushing it, pushing it. Now they're saying nothing till at least 2021. Now I'm hearing possibly nothing till 2022 even. So it's very scary for me. I mean, I was at like the peak of my career, like things, everything was going right. And then just complete full stop on the drop of a dime. Um, one thing that we've been doing is we're transitioning to streaming. Uh, it's been hard to monetize, but you know, it's something that well, it's all we got right now. So it's a transition that we have to make just to stay alive, you know? You can start selling ass. I mean, my OnlyFans page is doing quite well, actually. Um, <laughs> if anyone wants to uh, get on there, it's uh, Frankosaurus Fresh OnlyFans. You can uh, Google that and uh, you can just Venmo me money as well. Um, I'll send you, you know, the good stuff if you give me the good money. So yeah, that's my plug right there. I hope you guys don't mind. 
right, cool. so, so speaking of that plug, I've seen a couple girls on TikTok post that you can just like do some Amazon wish list, post it on OnlyFans. You don't even have to post a video and guys just send you money and gifts. And I'm thinking about doing it. Like, why not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, men are really the I worst actually know girls. I know girls that do that and have been doing that since before COVID. Like, I have a female friend. She's attractive. And she's like, man, I, I need some money. I think I'm just going to. But they, she used to do it on, I think it was Seeking Arrangements. Yeah, it was the big one before. And basically, she's like, yeah, basically, I just like send these guys pictures of my ass and they send me like 100 bucks. So I'm like, oh, OK, that's cool. You know, <laughs> well, Melody, so I found uh, what that you found a, a site Melody, where guys are buying panties that you worked out in. Like they just want you to ship you like they want you to ship them your like workout panties. <laughs> that pay you, like, yeah, bucks. no, it's absolutely disgusting what you can find on the internet. But yeah, you can um you can send used panties. Um you can describe the wear. So yeah, workout panties, you know, I guess I guess they also can make requests. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's amazing what you can find on the internet. Some women take photos of their feet. It's yeah, it's crazy. Times are rough in this economic COVID days. Got to wear panties and work out, post your picture, Melanie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, uh, it's pretty, I gotta say COVID has been detrimental to my love life. I will say that I'm about to order some used panties myself because times are tough over here. This is like the worst <laughs> dry spell I've had, like pretty much my whole adult life and it's strictly because i can't go out and meet women at all you know what i'm saying and i'm like down in broward county where i haven't lived in pretty much since i was in high school so yeah things are things are bad so if you guys know any good only fans page um you know i got a little bit of money to buy the things on your wish list you know i'm, I'm not really into feet but you know the, the, the underwear thing yeah sure why not i'll give it a try anything will work for me at this point <laughs> God, your poor meat you've probably just been killing your uh your meat huh uh you know i beat my meat like it owes me money so jesus a little Chappelle right. reference there a little bit so lex last covid story that we're going over last one so these super bowl champs the chiefs are gonna have fans at the stadium this year good idea or bad idea i don't think the nfl is actually gonna happen I think it's wishful thinking. Also, though, I'm so sick of uh, seeing um, pro athletes complaining that they have to go back to work. It's like, dude, you make millions of dollars. Like, I have to go back into the classroom. You know, we're not being compensated. We're not getting paid hazard pay. If you can go, like, I have no problem sticking in a football player in a stadium and he can make $15 million. If I have to go to a classroom and make about, what, $50,000, then you can do it for $15 million. Yeah, I mean, the wishful thinking, 100%, it's kind of the whole, it's the whole thing Trump did. It's like what the school boards did. It's like, oh, you know, hopefully, you know, just go away in the summer with the warm weather. Send it. The NFL has made, as far as I can tell, very little contingency plans. I, I applaud the NBA for what NHL they've done. NHL, too. They've both done the bubble. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it's working. 
No COVID. So, yeah, no positive tests at all in the NBA or NHL thus far. The that ML- basketball player never, like the one that went to the strip club in Atlanta. Oh, Lou Williams. Lou Williams. Yeah. No, they quarantined his. He went for chicken wings, he said. Yeah, right. Oh, sure. Um, and you're in Atlanta, and apparently Atlanta has some amazing wings. Lemon I, pepper, boy. Yeah. So um, I'm sure he could have gone to like a wing place, not the strip club, but he never, he never tested positive. They just quarantined no. him. Yeah. They quarantined him. He made it back for, I don't think he missed a couple games because of it. He's, he still has two girlfriends. No, he lost one of oh. them to Drake. Drake oh. stole one of his girlfriends. Speaking of basketball players, um, who is the really good basketball player on the Suns? Booker? Devin Booker. Yeah, so I just saw – are the Suns still in the playoffs? No, they they barely missed it, but okay. they won all the games in the – They went 8-0 in line. the bubble. Okay, yeah. the only reason why I was asking was because I just saw photos today. He's with Kendall Jenner at the beach, and I thought they, like, escaped the compound and were at, like, Cocoa Beach or something. So, okay, so the Suns are out. He's allowed to go to the beach. He's free from the bubble. Okay. Well, we actually, actually yeah, were you going to bring You want to go, Frank? You go, Frank. You go, uh, no, well, Melanie, this, is, this is for you, Chris. Let, this one's for you. So, apparently, what Melanie, we read it was an Instagram model that had an interview on a hip-hop podcast saying that she, yeah, she, blew seven, she blew seven Phoenix Suns at once. All of them standing in line. No, in hotel, she, right? first of all, she never said the basketball team. I watched the clip, I but guess. It's, it's already come out, though, that it's the Suns, Okay. Though. Well, apparently, when she tells the story, um, someone that works for the team, I don't know their position, she was, like, hooking up with him, like, having sex and then I guess the team magically showed up and then she, <laughs> she blew all seven guys. And I think her quote was, it was lit. <laughs> I'm just imagining when you say the team showed up, like they show up in their uniforms. Yeah, their warm-ups. <laughs> they show up in their warm-ups. Like seven fucking stretching. And they rip off their sweats. And they're like, all right, I'm in, coach. Put me they're in. Like, like, they're like touching. They're grabbing powder and stuff, doing LeBron. Yeah, LeBron the throws the hands in the air like, all right, I'm ready blowing for oral. Let's go. Blowing out their fist. All right. <laughs> oh, my Wait. God. Do you – there's got to be a good pun in here, right? I mean, that's what you were mentioning. Yeah, that's why they went 8-0 in the bubble. Yeah, you know? they got yeah. some, some good dome. 8-0 in the bubble. Imagine what would have been a better story is if that's how they all got COVID. Like that one girl, oh so one God. of them had COVID and then the whole team got it and they're like doing their contact tracing. Like now who did you guys all like, oh, oh, oh. oh. Like, <laughs> what, if one girl, have... it was supposedly, she said that seven of them lined up together and they all just dropped their pants and one by one and they all just sat there and hung out while it was going down. I think, you know, that's, that's team bonding, right? Yeah. There. You know, you got to. There's a reason why they went 8-0 in the bubble. Exactly, yeah. That's a good host. That's a good host, yeah. I mean, I could talk (laughs) about, you know, group oral sex all day, but I would like to get back to the, um, not as interesting, the Chiefs opener that we were talking about. So to get a little more specific on it, Arrowhead Stadium, where the Chiefs play, can hold 72,000 people roughly. 
And they said that they're going to put 16,000 people, which is like one fourth of its normal capacity in there. Now, I'm just trying to think about the logistics of this because you, we've all been to football games. When you go into a football game, like it doesn't matter if you space people out in the seats and stuff, entering the game, using the bathroom, using Tailgate. the things, tailgating. Like, There's no kill. You can't have tailgating, right? I don't know. And that's, it's just the wild, wild west. And it's like, that's the same thing with the concerts and stuff. So they're trying to do these like drive-in concerts. The same thing with like the, the Chainsmokers concert. Like, okay, yeah. Oh, you have your little spot, right? And then you and your group can stay in that spot. And then everyone else is separated six feet, right? But what happens when you go to the bathroom? What happens when you go to buy a drink? There's always going to be a point where you're not going to be spaced well, it's kind out. of like the stupid well, it's like the stupid point of like going to a restaurant i have to wear a mask when i go in i have to wear a mask when i go to the bathroom but when i eat coronavirus takes a break and then i could eat and it's fine like it's kind of it's it's stupid i mean they're out i mean the stadium is outdoors let's say like i saw a thing from tar Gar, uh, tom garfunkel he's the president of the dolphins he's i don't think they're having fans at the game this year i don't think it's been official but he was talking about doing something like you have your tickets you have to check in at a certain time i don't think there was any he said there would be no tailgating um and you would be spaced out in sections like you wouldn't be sitting like it would be you and like the person you bought tickets with probably like four you know whatever six feet apart is with the seats and then when the game is over they call you out almost like in church where people they don't all leave oh, together like the aisle same by aisle and yeah stuff. so like they had okay. he kind of had like a method you know to that so i mean if it's outside you're you know six feet apart there's no tailgating i guess it's doable but like like you said the bathrooms the concessions well, that's the- why that's why you're supposed to wear your mask right so in that scenario okay you're outdoors they're spacing out the seating you can sit there but then when you go to concessions or the bathroom you're supposed to wear your mask i mean the way i feel like i've seen the not the infomercials but the the public service announce- announcements, you're supposed to wear your mask when you cannot social distance. So I guess that's, you know, you wear your mask when you go buy a beer, get back to your seat, you can take it off. And then the other thing, Frank, I was wondering if you saw this because the whole concert industry, somewhere in, I feel like it was England, maybe it was Scotland, they did have a concert and they gave everyone their own platform to stand on. I actually loved that. I thought that was great because concerts can be pretty uncomfortable sometimes. And especially as a tall person, like I always have a good line of sight, but anyone around me fucking hates me. Like it, I've had people try to fight yelled me. At? Oh yeah. Someone, I've had a guy try to start a fight with me because I was standing in front of him and I'm like, Hey man, I can't change the fact that I'm tall. What do you want me to do, man? Like seriously. Like I've had it happen a couple of times. Like people always hate me at concerts because I'm so tall. So with that, you know, it's actually kind of nice. You're raised up. So you're going to have a good line of sight. You can just have a little spot with your friends and everything. Now here's the problem with it. And this is why it really hurts the industry. Part of what makes concerts profitable is because you can pack so many people in there. But once you start doing all that, with spreading people out and stuff, you can't fit as many people in. So the concerts, there's no chance of being profitable unless you hike the prices up, which, you know, 
some people are going to be willing to do just because they have no choice. And that's why the thing with the Hamptons, that's why it was like $2,000 to go to it because they were supposed to be limiting the amount of people, spreading them out, this, that, and the other. But I mean, like the production company I work with, we talked about doing the drive-in thing and we looked at the numbers and it's just not profitable. There's no way to make a profit off of it. Like that's why when you go to a music festival, there are so many people there because that's the only way for it to be profitable. Yeah, yeah I would love to go to a concert, but if you're going to tell me all of a sudden that it's double the price, I'm not going to be going anymore. I'm not paying $2,000 to see the chain smokers. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, like artists are having to take drastic pay cuts. I mean, everyone is like the industry is just hurting so, so bad right now. Um, we're going to see what happens. I mean, it's it's tough. It's really tough for because like other industries can at least kind of continue. But for the music industry, it's been like full stop. All right, enough with the COVID talk. Let's talk about something even more cheerful. Politics. The DNC was this week. Tonight is the last night of the Democratic National Convention. Um, what are your guys' thoughts so far? Are you guys excited? Not excited? Same old garbage from the DNC. Fake wokeness. Fake caring. Frank, you start first. Well, I thought it was pretty cheesy. I mean, I just think the Democratic Party kind of and let me put this disclaimer out there because anytime i'm critical of democrats or biden or this that or the other people's automatic switch goes off in their brain like oh you're a trump supporter this that and the other like i will vote for joe biden there is no question the number one priority is to get trump out of office he is just the biggest threat to our democracy that i've seen in my lifetime with that said the democrats exploit people of color they exploit workers they basically try to play off people's struggle so that they can get into power and then once they're in power they just turn their back on all of them and they go back to supporting the corporate entities that put them there in the first place because realistically you need to have corporate backing to get into office you look at Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders had the Thanks biggest grassroots movement in the history, I mean, in modern history, at least, right? And he wasn't even able to win a primary. They did everything they could to fight to get him out. You look at what happened in 2016 with Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who, funny enough, represents my district in South Florida. She's on the ballot. I always vote against her. Same. Still How wins. does she always win? She always wins. Because she you know why? Yes. But here's, I think what happened because in 2016, you know, I purposely did not vote for her after what happened with like Bernie and I was not a Bernie supporter, but I just thought what happened to him was fucked up. I think what happens is people just vote strictly blue or vote strictly red. I, I can say that I've definitely been guilty of that. I mean, she was the only person that I did not vote for, I, I ended up voting red on the, the Congress representative, everything else I voted blue on. Um, and that is also, though, something that, 
you know, just because if, you know, you do have a certain party affiliation and this is something that I definitely want to change and I'm going to look into it for 2020, I'm not going to vote a straight blue ticket. You know, we talk about how we want change in politics and we, you know, we see the, the Black Lives Matter protests and things like that. I want to make sure that I'm truly voting for someone that has, you know, people like I can look at their voting record and are they really, you know, voting? I mean, what Marco Rubio, I mean, I've never voted for him, but I think he like passes on everything. I want to make sure if I'm electing, you know, a congressperson, I know that they're truly voting or if I'm going to vote for a judge or something like that, that they are going to be benefiting these groups, these minority groups that truly need to um, be uplifted and that they truly need change. One thing I will mention that I did like was Obama's speech. And oh my God. Oh, you did watch it. Yes. Did and you watch it? So, so refreshing. I did watch it. Yeah. I, there was definitely a moment where I'm like listening to him and he's just such a great speaker. Yep. I mean, he's just so good. It's and just nice to hear someone complete a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, but I would say like for a moment, I felt excited to vote. You know, he's, he's talking about how he, I mean, that he's just a detriment to the democracy, which I completely agree. So for a brief moment, I was kind of hyped up, but you know, some of the stuff that you hit on Frank, I'm, I'm, I mean, of course I'm completely skeptical, skeptical of the democratic party. You know, they, they preach change and they don't actually do it. Well, yeah, that's I mean, why Obama, he was the anti-war candidate in 2008 was it yeah in 2008 he was the anti-war candidate and then when he became president he had the surge in iraq he put more troops in iraq i mean it did lead to us ultimately pulling out but he ended up boosting the troops in iraq he was um the drone strikes he was doing executive orders to do drone strikes like he ended up not being an anti-war candidate like he ran as and a lot of other things too and i mean He's an amazing speaker. He was in, super inspiring. Like you said, it, it really got me hyped to vote. But once again, I'm not hyped to vote for Biden. Um, I'm just hyped to get Trump out of office. Well, that's why I think Trump, his 2016 campaign is so much different from 2020. He struck a chord with people like talking about the trade deals, outsourcing jobs, getting, you draining know, draining the swamp. the swamp. Like it was a good message for like the hard worker has been feeling like they've been getting fucked over for a while, which they have. I mean, he stole the, you know, it's funny, like, Oh, get rid of NAFTA or this or that. Bernie Sanders has been talking about that shit for years and he took it and ran with it, you know, try to be like a populist, but then, you know, turned around and did nothing when it came to that type of stuff. Um, and then this time in 2020, his campaign is just, Oh, the radical left Joe Biden is the head of Antifa, the radical <laughs> left. Like, come on, dude. Joe Biden oh, is not yeah. the head of Antifa. Like, stop with that, like, Joe Biden radical left shit. He signed a 1992 crime bill, okay? Uh, he's against defunding the police, number two. Number three, he's against for uh, Medicare for all. Um, so let's not sit here and act like, you know, his Joe Biden's just radical leftist Trojan yeah, horse. Yeah, he's candidate. not, he's not AOC, the the entire political spectrum in this country is so shifted to the right that it's hilarious when you call Joe Biden a radical leftist. Like he is the a centrist. Like probably on in any other country, he's uh, like on the right. But by American standards, 
you know, Trump calls him this radical left. It's a joke. It's I he mean, was everything a, he was against Trump's gay marriage in 2008. Like, yeah, a lot right? of Democrats were like, let's stop. I, I just that's what I think is the problem with with Trump's campaign compared to 2016, 2020. Like Trump has not said what he's going to do in 2020. He has no plan. I think that's why the polls are the, you know, one of the reasons why they are the way they are amongst other things. But I mean, that's why he struck a chord like, oh, I'm here for the working man. I'm bringing jobs back. I'm going to start having tariffs on all these companies that are ripping people off. And, you know, a lot of those things were just hyperbole and rhetoric and, you know, just not true. I mean, he gave the largest tax cut tax cuts to corporations um, in the history of this country. I mean, all right. So I'm just going for it. What I'm going to start with you, Melanie. Do you think Trump is going to win the election? Um, I mean, I don't want him to win. Um, I, I definitely don't. I feel like, I mean, I remember when he won in 2016, I, I, was, I was sad. You know, I felt defeated. And then I just know that if he wins in 2020, it's going to feel even worse. The thing is, I don't trust the polls. I don't trust. I mean, look what happened in the polls with 2016. And I think the other thing with, with Trump, I, I can understand why you voted for him in 2016 because of his message. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we, there's, there's so many things wrong with our system. So you, I think a lot of people were hoping, okay, like we're getting someone outside of politics. Things are going to change. Clearly nothing changed. But he's been in office now for, what, three, three and a half years, and he's just so terrible. He's had ample opportunity to try to bring the country together, and he hasn't. He's just divided us even more. Um, I feel like race is just such a huge problem, and he inflames the whole situation. And I think the thing with Trump and the with the polls is, I I mean there there are people obviously that are diehard and they don't they will tell you they're going to vote for him. But I want to I I don't trust the polls or the conservatives who say, you know, I don't like him, but I'm not going to vote for him. I don't, I mean, what's, you're all of a sudden going to vote for Joe Biden. I mean, that's great if you do, but I don't, I don't know. I feel like people we have, they're just going off social desirability. It's, you can't, I mean, if you say you like Trump, let's be honest, if you're not in a conservative circle, everyone gives you a look like how you, how, how could you say that? So I'm wondering about these, I guess, independent voters and these, you know, like the moderate voters who could lean either way. Are they, are they really, really not going to vote for Trump? I don't really trust them. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins. I don't want him to. I don't think it's good for the country. Um, I'm really hoping, you know, Biden, Harris, um, they end up winning, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Trump wins. What about you, Chris? What do you think Trump's going to win? Oh man, I go back and forth with this all time, all the time. I mean, I'm burned from the polls for sure. Um, what I guess is what always gives Donald Trump a chance is, I mean, the guy's a fighter. The guy will not go down without a fight. Um, and also, and I mean, I'm preparing, I'm preparing for disappointment if I'm being completely honest. I mean, just to see that we have right now, like if you look at the job numbers, you know, 11% unemployment, uh, 27 million people lost their health insurance because they lost their jobs in COVID. Um, 
Uh, I mean, we have what 5% of the, the world's population and we have 25% of the deaths from COVID. I mean, this has just been incompetence at the highest level when, you know, simple things are just, Hey, let's, you know, mandate mask or, you know, social distancing, like, but I mean, the guy is for as bad as it, it has been, that's how pathetic the Democrats are. And that's why he still has a chance. Um, I mean, I'm watching the DNC and I just see identity politics nonstop last night other than Obama's speech. I see, um, you know, where, where what, Joe Biden, what are you going to do for the working man right now who, you know, is about to get evicted, who can't pay his bills, who doesn't have a job? Like, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm, you know, your strategy is I'm not Donald Trump. Like, what does that yeah, do for anybody? Compassion. Like, that's a, that's a, I understand that empathy, compassion. Yeah, we need to bring the country together. But right now, people are trying to put food on the table, trying to find health care, trying to find a job. And you're going to sit here and talk about, you know, you know, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter all the time. I don't, you know, I'm, you know, I like the cause. I get it. But the economic plan. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, think about this, like, America is about its money. Let's be fucking honest, guys. I mean, after George Bush, the economy was a mess. And we elected a guy named Barack Hussein Obama, seven years after 9-11. You know, that's because the economy was was dog shit. Yep. You know, and it wasn't because like, oh, we need to elect uh, you know, the first black president, you know, I mean, Obama, great speaker, things like that. But like, people just thought like, hey, let me take a fucking shot. And no, but people were also excited for no, him. people I mean, were no, yeah, people, people voted were so that never voted before. No, and that I, was, it was of huge. Course, of course. But what I'm saying, my point is that it was because of economic desperation that people said, you know, fuck it, you know, like, look, oh, Donald Trump, you know, the people that were still hurting Donald Trump stuck, stole a lot of Obama voters. There's a lot of Trump voters that voted for Obama out there. I think that True. a lot of people now, when they go vote, like the people that support Trump, they, that's like their identity. Like they love Trump, right? People that voted for Obama, like they were gun ho They loved Obama. How many people do you know that like love Joe Biden? No Nobody. one. Exactly. What was that and quote you saw Melanie, on TikTok? What was the, the quote? Oh, okay. So obviously it was, it was a video. It was great video. And she's, she's talking about, um, the police shootings and what's, what's your quote, Chris, about it's Biden versus, uh, versus Trump, like dementia versus, what do you say? I say, well, I have a lot. I say dementia versus dementia 2020. I say, (laughs) I say Adderall versus dementia 2020. So anyways, obviously we know um, Joe Biden's not the best speaker and has a lot of slip ups, but I guess he was talking about uh, police brutality and he talked about how, you know, police should just shoot the suspect in the leg. And basically, basically the girl... Um, summarize the video and, you know, she's talking about voting, you know, for, you know, Trump or Biden. And she goes in the end, you know, Trump says to shoot him in the heart. Biden says to shoot him in the leg. And she's like, well, I'm voting legs 2020. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah, that's actually a perfect analogy. Cause like Trump will be the death of this country. And then Biden, it's like, well, I'd rather just take a shot to like, yeah, that's perfect. It's the, it's the truth. And with Biden, I think me and Chris have talked about this in private. 
if Biden wins, what do you think chances are that he actually finishes the term? He's not finishing at all. Um, it's funny because my, my grandpa, this has been his like conspiracy for a while. He was saying that, you know, whoever Biden picks for the next VP, like that is going to be the president of the United States. So obviously, you know, Kamala Harris is the pick. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Biden's going to be in a year, like a year, if he's going to be, you know, finished. I don't know if something's going to happen does, to him. Does the Kamala Harris pick do anything for you guys or just another corporate neoliberal shield? I mean, I think it helps Biden for the, um, the independence and kind of centrist people that are on the fence because, you know, Trump's big slogan for this election has been law and order, you know, like I'm, I mean, I got a mailer from Trump and it was like, if Joe Biden wins, no American will be safe. Like people are going to pull you from your house and rape your children and kill you. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating the last part, but it literally said Americans will not be safe. Um, if Joe Biden wins, playing aren't on those, those Trump, are those Trump ads great with all the protests and all the, the looters and everything? And it's like, this is Joe Biden's America. It's like, uh, Joe Biden's president. president. Yeah, it's your you're the president. Yeah, it's your America. You're the president. Uh, Good talk. And, and and that's the thing. Like with Trump supporters, there's no amount of logic. Like you could show it to a Trump supporter, and then they it's a liberal city, it. bro. It exactly. doesn't matter. It's a liberal city. Yeah, man, it's a, it's absolutely insane. I'll tell you this much: if Joe Biden loses, well, I guess if Trump wins, I am I'm pretty much going to Canada. I got my citizenship. I'm gone. Like I'm. This will be my last test of faith in the American. I see people. your Toronto Raptors jersey. You're prepping. I'm, I know. I'm. <laughs> you're prepping. This guy's out of here. <laughs> I already a, got a, a year from now out the door. A year, a year from now, we're doing the podcast. He's like, hey, got a little hey. accent and everything. Got my most nice a Toronto yep. Maple Leafs jacket. Yeah, man, I'm already prepping. Or sweater. It's pretty funny. I thought you. I was wondering if you would notice. Is that a Vince? That a, Is that a Vince Carter? It's a Vince Carter Aww. jersey. Yeah. There you go. That's so funny. My Canadian family bought this for me a long time ago. What'd you look at that? <laughs> now that like, because I don't want to like wear my nice clothing because I'm not going out. I don't want to, you know, wash it too much. This that, and the other. So I've literally been wearing all of my basketball jerseys from high school. Like I wear my Western jersey. Like I've been just wearing basketball jerseys for like. The what last are you thirteen? You just walking around wearing <laughs> basketball jerseys. What I mean, how do you still have your Western jersey? Like that's props to you, man. That's his high school jersey. For anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, I stole that. You're not supposed to keep it. Well, as a team, we all kind of agreed that we were just gonna jack the jerseys because like they can't punish all of us, and they like threatened to like not let us walk and stuff if we gave it back. And it was it was a bluff. We all we were all fine. <laughs> so yeah, I still got my jersey, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a rebel. This guy. All right, so let's move on from the DNC. All we're all from Corona. We're all from politics. Well, no, I guess we're kind of back on politics with the cancel culture. Uh, we see that's like a big thing right now. Um, we've seen, you know, Trump go. I know you guys saw the right about Goodyear, how Goodyear said what was appropriate at work and what wasn't, which. Oh, I didn't see that. So what basically Goodyear did was, I guess it was an orientation for work or whatever. It was something like that with slideshows and a participant from Goodyear took a picture of the slideshow, posted on the Internet. And it said appropriate political uh gear blm lgbtq to i said that wrong anyways you get the point um lgbtq okay 
All right, we're there. And then it said things that aren't appropriate, and it said MAGA hat. So it went rampant on right, you know, conservative news. The echo chamber went wild. So wait, and let me clarify. So BLM, okay, was appropriate. MAGA hat, not no. okay. okay. And and MAGA MAGA echo chamber online went crazy. Um, I, to be honest with you, I don't even know why Goody would put themselves in that position. How about just no political affiliations at work period like this is the most you know crazy the craziest this country's been from an i you know idealistic standpoint in our lifetimes and why are you even like doing that to yourself i feel like goodyear you know whoever did made that slideshow definitely lost their job um yeah and then trump well then trump let me finish then trump saw the story tweeted about it and said boycott goodyear and Goodyear also has a plant in Ohio with, and employs 65,000 Ohioans. So, and then, so he said, cancel, boycott. Uh, we go from, what was the other one? Goya? Goya. You know, Trump, Trump did Goya. And then all the, the left said, oh, we got to cancel Goya now. And then we went to what the creator of Rick and Morty, uh, not Justin, is Justin Rowland? Dan no. Harmon. Dan Harmon, that's right. So explain the story, Frank. So the Dan Harmon thing's a little different. Um, but Dan Harmon essentially he made this skit in two thousand nine. It was a pilot for a show that was gonna go on Showtime. And it was just, you know, it was pretty it was in poor taste to say the least. Like the concept of the show Wasn't it parodying was, the show Dexter though too? It was parody yeah, okay. it was a parody of Dexter, except he was raping babies instead of killing people right so and there's like a scene where he goes and it's like a toy baby and you hear like meh meh and he like rapes it basically but he doesn't actually like it's just he drops his drawers and he's kind of like humping and you just hear the baby like meh meh and like and then it's like i know i have a problem and like he goes to the psychologist and he's he's parroting the whole dexter thing right obviously that's pretty bad you know it's but I mean, it wasn't bad enough in 2009 that Showtime didn't consider it. You know what I mean? I mean, we've said worse things than that, just joking around. I mean, come on, especially back then, uh, things that were controversial. You look at like Eminem and like things that he did oh back in the day, Can like that would never Eminem fly. Right no it way. would never fly, you know? So um, or I that personally album in high, or listened to him in high school. That would never, I mean, he no. was just beyond ridiculous. Right. So are we going to go back? in time and start canceling all the people that said and did things that in the context of the time were pretty shitty but now by today's standards we're gonna you know what i mean and another thing is also like dan Harmon had apologized years ago for that and then all of a sudden it comes up and everyone says cancel them cancel them cancel them i am not a fan of cancer cancel culture for a couple of reasons first of which is just the idea of like you're gonna cancel somebody they're done like uh, do we not believe in redemption in this country i mean you're a racist you're a racist like it's crazy to me that you're gonna say you did something 11 years ago and now you're canceled for the rest of your life you have no career like i don't know i mean I think that people deserve a second chance, especially if he had preemptively apologized okay, for it okay. years ago. So what, I mean, what's the, okay, I get the time and place, 2009, but we have a new story from yesterday. Uh, Cincinnati Reds announcer, 
had uh, forgot the mic was on and said we're in Fag City. That's his quote, not mine. And he apologized. He's he has to be done, right? Or is that oh, give him a second chance? Like, what's? I mean, he's going to lose his job. How yeah. far do you do you take it? You know, I you know we saw the announcer for the Sacramento Kings while the whole you know protests were going on. He said all lives matter, and Sacramento Kings fired him. Like, there's a difference right there to me. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, there's one just saying all lives matter and then saying fag city. I mean, you're using a slur, you know, I mean, I think, I think, I guess to me that there's a difference. I don't know where you, I don't, I don't know where you draw the line with cancel culture. Cause if you go back to the whole Goodyear thing, I'm with you. I don't think politics has any, should any place in the workplace. I also miss the days where I think the rule, you know, the rule was like, you don't talk politics or religion because we all knew those were touchy subjects. Now, I, I mean, Goodyear clearly is dictating, you know, liberal, like liberal thinking. And obviously like, yeah, I don't like Trump, but I don't think you can cancel, you know, someone's views on, on Trump. That doesn't make them a bad person. If, you know, I mean, whatever, if you want to wear a MAGA hat, by all means you can, but I don't think you can dictate, you know, what type of views you want to hear. And I mean, it's, it's inappropriate at the workplace period. Oh, absolutely. Just leave it at home. Especially things are just so inflamed right now. You don't, how about you just, you know, go to work, do your job. I mean, I just got hired as a teacher and I guess there's been warning because teachers have been saying their political views to kids last year. And our teacher said, stop talking politics. Like, why are you talking politics to kids? No, you shouldn't. Like, just leave that out of it, period. Like, come on. And I think, too, also, like, if if we're talking about a school setting, okay, you can talk politics in a social studies classroom, like, if you're taking a government class because you're learning about government, but you should not be talking about your political views. I think as a teacher, especially, like, I mean, I teach social social studies, so I can talk about it. I'm not a math teacher. Um, I think you have to play devil's advocate. I think you, as a teacher, should be educating your, you know, your students showing them both sides and then allow them to form their opinion. You know, you, you are the facilitator. And I think also what's happening and it's not just in the workplace, it's like academia in like altogether. I mean, look at these universities. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a liberal. I'm not far, you know, like a far left or anything like that. But I mean, conservatives are being shut out at universities. They don't have a, um, a place to voice their views. I mean, you're canceling speakers. There was another article I saw the other day. Um, I don't know what university she was at, but basically the professor tried to say that she was super, super open. And then basically said, if you had any like conservative views that she would kick you out of the class. Yes, that's crazy. Well, that's what, I mean, you, all three of us have spoken about that different times is like, you can stay in your echo chamber on social media, the way the analytics work, the way of, you know, not liking pages, blocking people, but I don't think that's healthy. Like, I think you need to know what is saying to challenge yourself and to see what other people are, you know, believe in and how they feel. And also that's what makes America, you know, you know, amazing is that everyone has different opinions. You might not agree but you need to understand that everyone's different and not, you know, just a, a one track type of thinking 
um, I don't think is healthy. And it's, I don't know if it's, you know, I feel like social media has definitely inflamed the tribal thinking on both sides. I think, uh, you know, cable news is just hot garbage, hot garbage. I mean, if you want to, you know, you go on Fox news, you know, Trump is Jesus. You go on CNN, he's Satan himself. Um, and it's, it's just hard to, you know, to really, you know, grasp, you know, what's going on. So you gotta, you know, I, I'm a liberal, you know, I, I lean toward the left, but I, I, I want to hear what, you know, Tucker Carlson saying, I want to hear what Ben Shapiro is saying. I just don't sit there and just, you know, drool MSNBC or, you know, or, you know, some people we know just drool Fox news. Like, I feel like you need to be open. You need to hear descending arguments. I think that's how you grow as a person and sitting there and just, um, you know, sitting in a, you know, a Trump chat room or, a, you know, a liberal chat room isn't, I don't think that's beneficial. And if you're doing that in, you know, in a classroom, a college setting where, you're supposed to be, you know, that's where you're supposed to open and learn and see how people live and think. And yeah, people live different from me, will always live different from you. And that's just something you need to get. Um, maybe it's worse than ever because, you know, it's gotten so nasty. You know, if you think some way, oh, you're, you know, you should, you know, people are like, oh, you should, you're a fucking asshole. You should die. Don't talk to me. I mean, you're seeing right now, you know, whether it's whoever you want to blame it on, just, Families aren't speaking, friends aren't speaking, and it's the ugliest I think we've ever seen it. I think it's just a combination of just being so tribal and staying in your little hole. And and it, and also, too, like, I think Melanie brought up a good point. Like, why – I mean, we all know people that, like – that's how they start conversations now, like, straight to politics. Like, like why are we why, – why are we going straight to politics? Like, I, I, I have friends and family that's, like – that's all we ever, you know, talk about period. They don't want to talk about anything else. I mean, I understand some election year, things like that, but even before this, like I have, you know, I had friends or family be like, how do you not love Trump? He's the most amazing thing. Like, instead of just being like, Hey, how's going on in your life? What's going on? You know, or like, how about we just not talk about it? And uh, I've experienced the extremes and it, it, it sucks. And I feel like it's ruined a lot of relationships or hurt relationships in my life. Um, you know, Frank, you've, your Facebook page is pretty infamous for having <laughs> battles with dissenting views. I don't know if you want to Facebook wars. Yeah. Yes. Let's hear about the Facebook <laughs> wars. war zone. So it all started when um, there was this conservative, I mean, I've, I've been posting political stuff on my Facebook for a long time, but it didn't really get a crazy amount of attention until. Um, Do you when- regret doing that? Mm, slightly i've taken a, my foot off the gas in a big way um so what happened was when bernie was running and it looked like he was going to be the front runner for the nomination there was this conservative meme going around that was basically it was just misinformation it said that bernie's bernie's tax plan was to take 50 percent of your wages and it was just easily disproven so i basically broke down in pretty simple terms that the average person can understand what his actual tax plan was, um, talked about like a progressive tax and explained that, you know, you're only gonna get taxed 50% on any money made over $250,000. Cause that's how progressive tax plans worse. And it wasn't even that, his tax plan wasn't even that different from what was already in place. It just, it got higher for people that made 200 more than $250,000 a year. So I posted that and then uh, people are like, can I share this? So I said, yeah. 
and it went like Facebook friend level viral, if you will. It got shared like a couple hundred times. And so for every time that it was shared, you can imagine how many times it got seen from those person's things. I mean, it, it, there were like hundreds of comments on it. And the way that the algorithm works in Facebook is that the more something is seen, the higher it goes up on people's feed. Yeah, it so, pushes conflict. Yeah, so, and I have friends from every end of the political spectrum. So I have, I mean, I have friends that are straight up socialists. Like I've people, I know people have asked me to join like the college communist party and shit when I was at UCF. Like, and I have friends that are like die hard Trump people. I have friends that are die hard libertarians. Cause like, you know, I went to school for political science and I, mean, I grew up in Davie where it's like conservative city. So all of these people from that normally would stay in their own echo chamber were suddenly exposed to like drastically different political ideologies and they just started going at each other. And I mean, it got interesting. Have people, because, people, have people uh, threatened each other uh, with violence? Uh, it's gotten pretty bad. Like people will like get to the point where they'll look up the other person's Facebook and be like, oh, well, you, dude, you you just cut lawns for a living and shit like that. And they'll get personal. Like, these are people that don't even know each other, that live on the other sides of the country from each other. And they'll start looking into the other person's Facebook to make personal insults to them. And I, I don't try to referee too much. I think I've intervened a couple of times, be like, all right, cut it out. Um, but I try to stand back and just let it be this... <laughs> free for all and um it's funny because after a while the same characters kept showing up and they'd almost be like yeah good game bro by the end like you know like it became like a sport almost i think it was beneficial at first because it got people to start like you know talking with a liberal talking with a conservative things that they would never normally do but it started getting a little bit ugly and i i've just gotten burnt out on it so at this point um i unfriended one person because of it one person unfriended me because of it and now i'm at the point where i started unfollowing people because i'm just like i can't deal with it any longer it, it was fun for a little bit but now i'm just burnt out on it so it just got ugly uh, or you just don't want to hear a dissenting opinion anymore it got ugly but then it also got to the point where like i realized that people that support trump just don't care about a logical argument at all you can, you know, they just aren't, and I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. I would, if you did a test of IQ of Trump supporters versus Biden supporters, I guarantee you that the Trump supporters have a lower IQ. Every, Chris, of the people that you know that are diehard Trump supporters that we grew up with, are they not like the people that struggled to pass school, you know what I mean? Like, it's the truth. Like the people that were dumbasses in high school are the biggest Trump supporters now. Not all of them, but you know, I can tell you a vast majority of the people that I know that were, you know, not the sharpest tools in the shed are all of a sudden no, no, I did, political I did. gurus. Well, I get you, well, Trump. I mean, from your Facebook experience, I get what you're saying, but like my dad's side of the family, like they're all like successful businessmen. You know, they're very successful. They're all diehard Republicans. I don't know if they're di not necessarily diehard Trumpers. They just always, from a conservative standpoint, being business owners, it just benefits them to be conservative. Well, sure. You have those people. Like my dad's, my dad's wrong. a full on Republican well, and he's logical. He doesn't, he, you know, my dad, you know, I spoke with him the other day. I was like, you're still voting for him? You know, because, you know, I, and my dad was getting defensive. I'm like, dad, I'm not here attacking you. I'm not here to insult you. 
I just like, I just want to know why. And he's like, Hey, I'm a business owner. Like it just, it just, you know, I've always voted Republican. That's what I'm going to do. So I get what you, I think this is what you're saying, Frank. I think this is maybe the point that these people that you're getting in fights with were never involved in politics and Trump pulled these people out, got these people jacked up that were never involved, never didn't ever gave a shit. And Trump was just someone that they knew and someone they saw on TV and someone that, you know, speaks like them and talks like them. And I, you know, just makes things so polarizing. And he's pulled, he excites his base. You cannot say like, he doesn't excite his base. He gets people jacked the fuck up, just like Obama got his base jacked the fuck up. Um, I, I don't, I know I've seen I'm gonna a go lot of ugly shit. It. We see ugly shit on both sides. You can't say that we don't. We see no, I'm gonna I'm going to go further with it because you said speaks like them, talks like <laughs> them, talks like a second grader, Chris. Like, let's not sugarcoat this. Like, Trump speaks in terms that someone in elementary school could understand because his base are a lot of people that that's basically what they can comprehend. I mean, have you seen how many misspelled signs are at his rallies? I mean, the people that I know and I see online that are commenting on his things, like grammatical errors left and right, misspelling left and right. Like, okay, so we're talking, so we're, okay, well, so we're talking diehard base then. Okay, That's what well, we're yeah, diehard base. I'm not yeah, talking about every Trump supporter. I'm saying on average, if you took every single person that supports Trump, that plans on voting for him, and you gave him an IQ test, and you did the average number, right? I'm not talking about every Trump supporter is dumb. I'm not saying that at all. Clearly, that's not true. Like you said, there's so many people that support Trump. It'd be really dumb of me to say that. I'm saying on average, I think that they're less intelligent because he pulls in that those people that, you know, like you, I, I've, I've read articles about it. A big part of his base are people that never went to college that you know they're blue are, collar workers that just generally aren't super intelligent or super into politics and they just like like what he's saying and and they're that's why they're die hard that's why if you give them a logical argument to explain why what he's doing is wrong well, they respond like him. they're fake not gonna news, get bro. it fake fake news bro. well yeah they don't, that's what they jump to they're like that's so, fake news um but, to no, to talk about like the level that he speaks, I, I saw it a while back. They've, they've graded all the different, I guess, like presidential speeches or presidential nominees. And he is at a very low like grade level. And I think the other thing about Trump and his followers, I feel like the people on social media that go crazy for him, the, like I guess his diehards, they... I don't want to say that they're uneducated because it sounds so elitist, but his his diehards are very different than I mean I mean I I know some very smart people that voted for him, but they won't like defend him and go fight people on social media to prove their point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you miss. Maybe I presented it poorly. I'm not saying that. You're an idiot if you're supporting Trump. I'm just saying there's a lot of idiots that support Trump. And I think that I think that's another problem with Biden is that a lot of the people that would consider voting for him are so thoughtful in how they make their political decisions that they realize that he's not a good candidate. So they're just not that encouraged to go vote for him. 
you get what I'm saying there? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, the three of us, you know, we see through the DNC shit that's been on this week that it's, oh, you know, identity politics, you know, you know, this and that. And it's just like, I mean, for fuck's sake, man, like after the announcement of Kamala Harris, the Wall Street Journal had her on the front page praising how this was so great for Wall Street. Like how do you know what I mean? Like it's to think that this party or the, the ticket that the left is running is super radical and super to fund the police and super for the worker. It's just not. And, you know, Trump was another, you know, just like Obama, you know, they both claimed they were going to be the super pro worker work for the little guy uh, type of candidates. And they, they really haven't. I mean, Kamala Harris, did you guys read the story how she, um, I guess Steve Mnuchin, the treasury secretary, I believe he is, had a like foreclosure scheme going on in California while she was a uh, district attorney and they had plenty of proof. Her whole office wanted to prosecute him and his, I guess, business. And because Steve Mnuchin, I believe, donated to Kamala Harris, uh, she refused to prosecute um, any charges against him. So it's just... I know we're angry at one side and the type of people and the tribalism, but it's just like, it's kind of like personally for me guys, like I feel like we're running in circles right now and what this country truly needs isn't going to get with either candidate. Maybe we get more stability. Maybe we get more sanity. Maybe we just get a guy that we don't hear in the fucking news every day talking about how his <laughs> ratings are so fucking great, which would be refreshing. I'd like to throw on the news and not see hear about the president. Yeah, see Con- you know, Kanye West pretty much as our president, you know, it's always yeah. me, me, me. Like I'd like to just turn on the news and just, not hear about you know what the president did today yeah i'm jesus christ yeah. superstar like uh, um are you guys losing faith in the system like i know all oh, three of us are gonna vote are you guys have you guys lost faith in i mean I've, I've been losing faith um and i feel like i mean i'm always gonna vote and i think the thing i try to tell myself is you know in the end the presidential election does not bother me on a a day-by-day basis. I'm never going to stop voting because I realize like locally and at a state level, like you need to vote. And I think that makes more of a difference. Um, No, but I think, I mean, I, the system's rigged on both sides, like, come on. And I think what's funny too, with the Joe Biden thing, like, you know, I'm not excited to vote. It's, it's, it's legs 2020. Like I'm voting legs. And well, there's a campaign settle for Biden. Yeah. No, and I'm I'm totally settling for Biden. I'm not excited. I feel like it's 2016 again. Um, but the one thing I, I and this is what I find interesting about you know everyone's praising you know Biden and he's so compassionate and under Biden the coronavirus is going to be like a lot better. How you know? I mean, yeah, the cat's out the bag. Yeah, like we're not like it, it's bad, and then you're going to tell me that if Biden wins in wins 2020 and let, let's say he does, let, let's say it is bad because they're, that's what they're predicting. Who knows? Maybe the media is just scaring us, but they're predicting the winter is going to be pretty bad. And let's say he does do like a national mandate or a national quarantine. You're telling me all those die hard Trump supporters are going to follow it. No, then we're gonna... in the same, it's going to be the same problem. Well, hell, even if we have a vaccine, the whole, you know, you're gonna have a majority of the country not taking it. So that's why it's going to be, you know, be here I for a long most, time. The most dangerous thing that came out of the Trump presidency was the, the term fake news. 
that is not going away. And that created such a level of distrust in our government that, and, and also with that, the, the fact that now everyone is right versus left. There's, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be a president that comes along and unifies this country after this. I don't know if it's possible. I mean, I'm, I would like to be hopeful, but I'm not, I'm not super optimistic about it. And I know that Joe Biden is not that person. So to answer your question earlier, do I have faith in the system? No, I have pretty much no faith in the system. And I don't have a lot of faith in the American people at this point. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and if Trump wins this election, I will have no faith in the American people. If I want to be presented with this amount of evidence that this guy is not only a terrible president, but a terrible person, and, and he's still going to win the vote of the majority of Americans, and I'm done. I mean, I, mean, I have he, no faith. I mean, he didn't win the majority. We know that. Like, we, we saw the yes, popular vote. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, too, I'm curious, you know, are these, like, ultra-left people are they are they voting for biden like i i want to know that like no, I'm, are the, progr- I'm, are the progressives are the I, progressives and I'm, i mean you saw like i mean you've seen so many people come out and they tell you how close it was in 2016 and it's like literally a handful of votes that really made the difference i mean i'm hoping people are fed up and they're actually gonna go out and vote but i also don't trust the people like how, how did we let this happen in 2016 and also and this is, I know this just sounds like so dick of me. I feel like if you don't vote, I don't care if you're conservative or you're a liberal, you cannot be voicing your opinions on the interweb. Like you can't, I'm sorry. Like if you care so, like if, if you have such an opinion about it, you should be voting every single year. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I, I will still continue to vote. I have voted in every election that I've been able to since the year 2006. My first time I voted was in the midterm elections in 2006. Um, and I'll continue to vote, but if you're asking me if I have faith, I don't. And, you know, funny thing, going back to this whole, you know, Joe Biden and Antifa, I have a background with members of Antifa because when I was uh, in 2008, oh, when I, I was- you were part of Antifa. I'm not part of Antifa. <laughs> I know people from Antifa because when I was uh, uh, working in politics back in 2008, Antifa was a thing. And it was so in South Florida back in the day, this is how it started down in South Florida, at least. They were called the Colorblind Crew. And so what they did was um, the punk scene in South Florida got overrun by Nazis. Like they would go to the punk shows skinheads and they'd beat up people that were gay they'd beat up black people like you couldn't go it got to the point that you couldn't go to a punk show in south florida unless you were a white guy or part of you know you were a nazi skinhead so what they started doing is they would they start shaving their heads as well and they would go to the show and they'd go like white power and they'd see whoever would go back and say white power they'd go and kick the shit out of them so they, they were like reverse skinheads. So they adopted the skinhead thing just so they can track down the real skinheads and beat the shit out of them. And so what Antifa really was for all of these years was basically like anarchists that would just beat up Nazis. The Nazis, the far right guys, and then the Antifa on the left 
would just fight each other. That's all they did. It was like a sport for them. They would just go and kick the shit out of each other. That's what Antifa has always been. And then like whenever there were like WTO rallies and stuff like that, they'd show out in big numbers and just break shit and fucking cause chaos and and, and form a protest. The idea that Antifa members support Joe Biden is comical. Antifa members are anarchists. They don't vote. They don't, they don't vote. Like they're not Democrats. Well, remember that anarchists. Well, remember that video, yeah, Frank. No government. Yeah, that video, Frank. I sent you about. Um, I gotta. What was that name of the YouTube guy? Basically, he's going uh, to explain the video on YouTube. The guy goes around during the Portland protest, and he's interviewing oh, people. And you're getting all gas, no breaks. Yeah, you're getting everything. You're getting everything. You know. Um, and at one point, they're showing the guy edits the clip. It shows Tucker Carlson showing his uh, comments about the Portland uh, riots, and he's like, "See, these are Joe Biden voters tearing America apart." So then they go back to the guy interviewing the people in the that are just causing mayhem, Antifa guys, and he says, "What do you guys think about Joe Biden? Are you excited?" And all like ten of them are like, "Fuck Joe Biden!" So they're just to think yeah. that like. I mean, it's just it, it, Fox News is fear porn. Always has, always will be. But to think that we're just going to do law and order, Joe Biden, you know, is this mag, you know, this rampant, <laughs> like he's free- like Che Guevara. Yeah, like, give got, me like, a, give he's me out there, like, all right, Antifa, now we're going to go burn down that building. Let's go. Like, yeah, right. It's a fucking joke. Like, they, <laughs> it's so far removed yeah. from Joe Biden. It's, it's just depressing. I just want coronavirus to end. I want the election to end. I just, like, I don't know. I just want to do things where, like, I don't have to, like, just sit on my phone all day and, like, I could just go to a ball game or something or a restaurant without a mask and go to a movie theater, just live my life again. So we're going to wrap this up guys with rapid fire questions, wherever you want to call this first show, figuring it all out. Um, Joe Biden, is he weakened at Bernie's or is he a zombie? Frank, you go first. Definitely weekend at Bernie's weekend at Bernie's DNC. Just have him like, he's just hanging on shoulders and stuff trying to dance around. I think the less we see or hear from Joe Biden, the better chance that he has of winning. It's been um, the strategy. Worked. <laughs> it's worked been the great. strategy. I'm not joking. It's really been the strategy. Hide him. Melanie, what do you think? Um, I'm going to say weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's. All right, Frank, one more. I got another one for you. Since you're a single man, would you rather be married to a 10 with a bad personality or a six with an amazing personality? definitely the six with the amazing oh, personality all you. day yeah you. no dude so proud of you married. frank he's evolved oh, dude i had a smoking hot girlfriend recently that let's just say she had personality issues maybe multiple personalities oh my god and i learned a valuable lesson i'm a changed man you're a changed man melody what do you got I mean, it's already kind of been said, but are you guys for legs 2020 or heart 2020? <laughs> heart 2020, just end it. Just, just end, end it. it. <laughs> <laughs> just end it. End America. Just end it. Put me out of my misery, bro. <laughs> nah, legs, man. I'm all about those sexy. I have, no I have no legs. I have no legs. That's a kid's That's- reference for anybody that doesn't know. <laughs> I should have. Frank, we should print out shirts that say, I have no legs 
2020. There you 2020, go. 2020, yeah. Just take my legs, bro. Just That's the choice. Just put a bat, put a baton right to my knee. All right, Frank, you got any questions? Did you line anything up for the show? Or are you done? You, you know, checked I, out. I uh, I didn't prepare anything, but um, let's see here. Would you rather have? <laughs> All right. Would you rather have? Four more years of Trump, where after that you don't have another Republican president for 30 years, or would you rather have Biden leaves after one year, you get three years of Kamala Harris plus two terms of Kamala Harris, and she just destroys everything. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, legally, she wouldn't be able to do that. No, she can't because she wouldn't be elected. Biden would be elected, right? And yeah, then but he then leaves she, after a year. Yeah, but so then she's president. I think that president. counts as one term. Yeah. If Biden leaves. sure? Yeah, I'm Are pretty sure. sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't think sure. so because LBJ did that, but he didn't win two terms. No, I'm pretty she, sure. He didn't run for the second term. He didn't run for the second term. But he could have. No, the thing is, I thought, like, I think the difference also with LBJ and Kamala is LBJ was like, I think like a shorter period of time, like three years. I think she could only do like one term as president. I don't know. I think this is something I, we, I want to revisit on the next episode. So on the next episode. On the next episode. So All right, Chris, guys. that's your homework. That's my homework for next episode. Yeah. All right, guys. So that is the end of the show. We're going to call it quits for the day. Keep blaming millennials. Keep blaming Frankosaurus Fresh. Keep blaming fin- Felony Melanie. Frank's moving to Canada <laughs> in November. <Yeah. laughs> Can we get a sign off? Or- Do you want to sign off? What's your sign off? Yeah. Well, since you said uh, next episode, hey, 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 smoke weed every day.